Hello, Dr. Dyke Drummond here at the home of TheHappyMD.com in beautiful Seattle, Washington. Welcome to the latest episode of the Physicians on Purpose podcast. Tools so you can recognize and prevent your own burnout. Stories of burnout put to its highest and best use and wellness leadership strategies. Everything you need to be a physician on purpose. Hello again, this is Dr. Dyke Drummond at the home of thehappymd.com in Seattle, Washington with the latest edition of the Physicians on Purpose podcast. And today, this is going to be really fun and really out of the box because I'm here with one of my good friends, Dr. Jane Bridges, MD, who is an endocrinologist or a diabetologist from Vincennes, Indiana. Jane and I are both Hoosiers. I was born and raised in Columbus. She's in Vincennes. Jane is also an open water, long distance swimmer, a backcountry truck racer, and she likes her some guns. So (laughs) one of the things that we teach here at the Happy MD is that one of the key components of an organizational strategy to prevent burnout is to have social engagements for physicians to get together outside of work and make those person-to-person connections that, you know, keep humanity and keep the tribal nature of of what we do as light workers alive. And so everybody's got different ideas about what they might do for a social event. You might go bowling, you might go to a winery, you might have a Halloween party. Well, Jane has come up with something that she calls docs and cops. And it's all about guns, doctors and cops and guns and gun safety and gun violence all that kind of stuff. And she's turned it into a super fun and super popular social event for physicians. And I'm just going to leave it there. And Jane, welcome to the show and and just start wherever you want and tell us about how Docs and Cops came together. Well, back in 2019, I started working on physician wellness issues and I, I was kind of like the social planner. I started to work on social events. And at the time, I had started probably even before then shooting guns at my local gun range with my gun instructor. And there was so much to learn about guns. And I was then at the same time starting to read all these articles from 2019, 2018, 2020, right around in there about gun violence in the workplace, gun violence in hospitals, ERs, doctor's offices. It was on the rise. So I thought, well, you know, I'm shooting guns. I need to plan some social events, you know, and I'm from Indiana. Yes, <laughs> we shoot guns. We race cars. And I didn't race trucks, Dyke. I raced cars. Okay. I was a, a road racer. And then uh, we shoot guns. So I thought, why don't I try to maybe come up with uh, an educational event? In fact, I, the first year, I even got two hours of CME for it, which I'll never do again. But so I came up with Docs and Cops. I always like a a catchy title. I presented the program or my idea to our local gun club because I had to get permission from them because it's a very private club, no guests allowed, unless you're, you know, you have to be members and that kind of thing. And I asked if they would be willing to do, um, allow an educational event like this to happen. And they were all very much in favor. So you walked in thinking about, I want to shoot some guns with some doctors. And when did the whole cops angle come in? Well, I was getting ready to get to that. So okay. <laughs> when I was, I thought 
we were going to hire a private instructor and they're not cheap to hire. Okay. Well, the guys at the gun club said, you know, our local sheriff, Doug Vantlin, and his group put on educational programs like this for gun safety. They've done it for women. They do it as a public service and they do it as a community service project. And so these guys started handing me more and more ideas. They said, if you're going to do that, then teach about how you handle gun wounds. And then I thought, you know, at my ER, uh, some of the ER nurses teach stop the bleed. So I thought, well, we could do a stop the bleed because I don't know what that is. I'll ask them if they come out and do that for us. And so I took all the suggestions from the gun members and then they all agreed that you know, many of them agreed they'd love to come and help out and supervise because we knew we needed uh, volunteers from our gun club, as well as all the police officers that would be attending to help supervise the ranges and and each individual shooter. So from that, then I developed Docs and Cops. It gave it the name because Doug Vantlin said, sure, we'll be happy to do that. Um, they've done it for three years in a row and they've been absolutely great. And, you know, the cops have just as much fun as we do because they always say, can we come back and do it again next week? Not next year, next week. They're ready to go again. So anyway, I incorporated gun education, gun safety, what to do if a patient brandishes a gun on you. And, you know, my patients conceal and carry, you know, that's why they weigh more sometimes is because they're we're weighing their guns. We're weighing, you know. <laughs> So, you know, they come in with guns on them, you know, so we wanted to know, you know, what do you do when someone pulls a gun on you and threatens you? Can we handle that? How do we talk to parents about gun safety in the home? You know, are the guns put away? But, you know, that's the conflict is that if you have a gun in the home that you're using for self-protection, which you hope you never have to use, that gun has to be kind of ready to go. So how do you separate that from curious children that want to play with something like that? I think that that's really a difficult situation. So we incorporated gun education, gun safety, how to render a gun safe. Because, you know, when you drop the magazine, there's still a bullet in the chamber. And a lot of people don't know that. And they might pull that trigger and kill somebody. So they've got to understand that there's always a bullet in that, a bullet in that chamber. You're a, a person with a lot of gun knowledge. So let's just say, since this is a podcast too, if you're not watching us right now on YouTube, let's just talk about what you mean by drop the clip. So if I have a pistol in my hand, and you've seen this on TV a lot, and mm -hmm. I push the clip release and the clip falls out of the handle of the pistol, mm -hmm. you could, since you're holding the clip in one hand and the gun in the other, think the gun is now safe. That's correct. It's not. It's not. There's no. still a bullet in the chamber. Always a bullet in that chamber that has to be, you know, that's where you see people pull back on the gun. Well, you pull it back and you flip that bullet out to render it safe. And then before you ever hand that gun to anybody, you, you flip it three times, one, two, and you also look into the chamber. That's the third check before you ever hand that gun to anybody else. So there's lots of uh, behaviors that I would say responsible gun owners should know. I don't know if it's always taught that way, but I've, I've had gun instructors for, you know, ever since I started shooting uh, because I certainly didn't know what to do. And I'll tell you, I forget what they teach me. And so they've got to be right back there at our next visit to watch me and remind me. Now I've been doing it for so many years. I'm, I'm much better at it. 
because all of my guns jam or do something. So you have to be, you have to know how to get yourself out of a jam when that gun is not functioning properly. But anyway, we talked about all the things I wanted to incorporate, gun education, uh, gun safety, what to do when you're involved or when someone brandishes a gun, as some help maybe with an active shooter in your office, what to do. And then I incorporated Stop the Bleed. So after we had our gun instruction by the cops and then everybody starts shooting at targets, uh, trying to hit a target, following the police officer's commands is a big deal. You know, doing what you're told is a big deal with guns. And this is all taking place in a gun range. In a gun range, an open, a beautiful open gun range that we have here in Vincennes. And uh, it's uh, the first, uh, we have the first two hours are just instruction with the cops. And they just build and build and build on your knowledge level from learning how to put the magazine in and dropping the magazine to uh, readying the gun, uh, making it active, and then starting to shoot at targets. And then they'll give you instructions on, you know, they want you to shoot five bullets in a row, that kind of thing. So it's it's fun. And they, you know, and because we have about 20 people at a time, we have to do two rows. So we do the first row and they go follow the instructions. And then the next group goes up to where they need to stand and then uh, follows the instructions again. And then we break for lunch. And then we have a stop the bleed program and the nurses go over reminding us about what to do with an active wound from packing and what we can use to pack a wound versus, uh, you know, how to use a military tourniquet. And, you know, they remind you and all the active, uh, the horrific school shootings. If, if those schools just had these tourniquets, they would have saved a, a lot of kids' lives. But the reason why the kids die is because they don't have much blood volume and they bleed out very quickly. But had there been tourniquets everywhere, uh, those could have been possibly applied and saved some lives. So anyway, we learn how to use the military tourniquet. Then after that, we go back to the range. And then, uh, and what I feel very strongly about is the uh, uh, participants to understand the sport of shooting a gun. And that it's not just a defense issue, it is a sport. It's no different than racing cars or or doing all the sports things we do. I mean, there are it's amazing to watch sportsmen shoot guns and be so accurate and they're breathing, you know, they're getting their breathing together and focus and vision. And so watching these guys is is amazing. And so then during that time, all kinds of guns come out. It's amazing what doctors own. We <laughs> discover they own a hell of a lot of guns, but they don't know how to use them. They've never shot them. Huh. Some of the guns they own didn't even function properly, but by God, here comes the AKs and all kinds of stuff. It's like, okay, bring them out, practice while we have instructors and cops. So, you know, you learn about your guns. I was shocked by that. I got to tell you about how many doctors own guns, uh, but they don't practice. And if you own guns, you need to practice on a regular basis, because if you were to ever use a gun to defend yourself, uh, you're going to be so scared. You're going to be so nervous. You're not even going to have anything to cover your ears. It's going to be so loud, so frightening that you must practice to know exactly what you need to do to defend yourself if you're going to use a gun in defense. You know, here in Indiana, we can conceal and carry. 
Uh, but on my campus, my medical campus, I'm not allowed to conceal and carry nor have a gun. We have no security. We have, we're just out there. The security is across the street, maybe a block, two blocks away. Uh, that's where all the um, guards are. And those guards and security are, are armed now. Uh, I guess they have to be in the hospital. Uh, but we have nothing. We're just thrown out there. So the next thing we did is we had, you know, after talking with my hospital administrators and all, we have an app on our phone called Guard 911. And this is an app that the, the hospital bought into this program. And so our phones have this app where all I have to do is push the button on that app button. That's a panic button. And it will send out uh, distress signals to all on-duty and off-duty police officers, and it will give them my location, and they will come. And then security with the hospital, everybody who needs to know that we're in trouble uh, will be notified via this app. And so that is now on all of our phones as well. So if those of us in our medical practices are you know, threatened in any way, all we have to do is do that. We don't have to call the operator and wait for the operator to answer. We just can call for help immediately. So that concluded the, you know, three, three to four hour program all outside for these physicians, residents, nurse practitioners to come learn about gun safety. And so the first year was in 2020 and it was during COVID and we did it anyway. And I remember that distinctly because I got, I, I worked on getting two hours of CME credit for it. And I highly would recommend not doing that. <laughs> I cannot stand all their requirements. Right, you know? right. You know, so it wasn't worth the money. That was the greatest expense of the whole program was the oh, CME. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And besides the lunch. So that would be your two biggest. So I got rid of the big expense of no CME and the lunch having it catered was the biggest expense. Otherwise, I've been watching my expenses and, you know, I might turn in a bill, I don't know, anywhere between four to $800. And that that includes ammo and ammo had gone up a lot this year. So, so hang on a second. Hang on a second. Say that again. Who bought the ammo? Oh, well, <laughs> um, well, the hospital bought the ammo. And, and in fact, it was really funny because this year I said, make sure if you see Rob McClinn, who's our president, or Adam Thacker, who's the COO, I said, thank him for the ammo. And sure enough, <laughs> Rob McClinn shows up. He's our CEO. And everybody went up and said, thanks for buying the ammo. <laughs> so, okay, bought the ammo. But, you know, the hospital buys ammo for all the security guys. So it's not right. like they don't, they don't buy ammo. Right. Piggyback your order on theirs. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Um, because ammo was hard to get this year. And so, uh, you know, I was having to watch prices and buy strategically just to try to keep my costs down. But anyway. You've told us a little bit about how the cops feel about it. They're ready to do it every week. They love it. They dig oh. it. They really mm-hmm. enjoy it. How have the doctors responded? The doctors have been... They they love it. They they're very grateful. They thank us and and when we're in our board meetings and we're talking about okay, what are we going to do next year? They so at first thing, docs and cops. That's going to be a standard, probably yearly event as long as I'm physically able to do it. I have my girlfriends who help me the night before we assemble our targets, and our targets are made out of PVC pipe. 
well, some of these docks are so bad shot, they blow up my pipe. My, so we have to repair the, you know, these pieces of PVC to repair these, these targets. But I'll have 11 targets set up. Uh, so we have to assemble those the night before. And then we just put them in the backs of our trucks. And then we just set them up and they're ready to go. So we try to be, I'm getting more and more efficient with uh, setting up and taking down you know, from the cooling barrel, you know, the barrels for all the pops and snacks and, um, you know, registration table and, and all that kind of stuff. It's not, it's not that hard to set up. Our gun club has been very supportive and I only have to pay them like $50 oh my. to rent the place. I think they like me. Uh, so anyway, well, that yeah, they made me treasurer of the club. So, you know, I'm the first <laughs> woman. <laughs> so now I'm a member. I was a board member and now I'm a, a treasurer now. So, yeah, I'm working my way up in the gun club. Well, so and, and I have found a whole bunch of different venues for different things like uh, hotels and meeting rooms and restaurants and everything are more than happy to play host at reduced rates to a bunch of rich doctors. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure that they're happy that those people, and again, if they're bringing their own guns, hey, maybe they'll come later and to the gun range and shoot some more yeah. on their own. Well, that was the intent is that maybe they'll become a member. We right. don't, we, but interestingly, they don't sign up. And again, I think physicians don't fully understand about gun ownership. They've got guns. They won't practice on a regular basis. They have a beautiful gun range right in their backyard. $50 a year. You can't beat it. It's, oh, wow. It, it, yeah. It's a great deal compared to all the other gun or just, you know, if you just get a, if you go for a day pass at, like Top Gun in Terre Haute, I think it's $50. So it's like you, you get the whole year. Anyway, it's it's well-received by physicians, residents, nurse practitioners come, some of the spouses come, and we do let them come. You know, I, I you know, but doctors are, you know, my heart, doctors are always going to come first. That's what we want to serve. But yeah, I think this is going to be a yearly program until we, we discover no one wants to come. Um, but it's a great day. It's outside. We um, Sometimes it can be a little hot in September here in Southern Indiana, but it's just great being out in nature and shooting guns and doing something in an organized, controlled way, an educational way. And it's to hopefully help young physicians, if we do anything else, to touch a gun and realize that, you know, the gun isn't bad. It's whoever's having the gun. So, you know, we have, you know, all of these, you know, with the Indiana State Medical Association, they have this resolution where they really want to control guns, but I don't think they've experienced, you know, fathers with their sons and daughters out hunting and, you know, going to the range and target shooting as a, an event to do together. And uh, um, with family, you know, it, it becomes a family thing for, for many families around here. And, you know, hunting is a way of providing food too. And, so I think we have to be careful about how we restrict guns and, and what we do, but also more importantly, show appreciation for how, how we use guns in, in sport and in hunting. Uh, it's not just a defense mechanism, you know, defense weapon. It's it's something more than that. So Well, and I think that there's a whole swath of society that has never touched a gun, certainly mm -hmm. a whole bunch of doctors. And mm -hmm. having said that, as a physician, you're likely to come into contact with guns. Mm -hmm. So let's just go over the kinds of things that you teach in the class, right? What to do when an active shooter is in the building. Number two, what to do with a gun to make it safe if somebody gives it to you, or you take it from somewhere, you find it somewhere in your office, mm -hmm. how to shoot 
safely, how to respond to a gunshot wound, how to put on a, a military style tourniquet and an app on your phone that'll give you a panic button. Yeah. And by the way, I think I you told me one time that they actually all got a tourniquet to take home with them. Yes. Is that okay. is that true? Oh, yeah. They all leave with a little backpack, a little Good Samaritan Hospital promotional pack and the military tourniquet, the gauze. They also have a, a Sharpie marker because when you use a military tourniquet, you really need to put the time on it because you got to watch how long this tourniquet is on. So they get the whole whole thing. You know, they get the gauze to do start the packing as well. So they leave with that. And, you know, I strongly encourage the docs to keep it in your car because we don't know when we might come upon an accident and we have nothing. But these nurses are sharp. They kind of go through, look, you could use a belt. You could use a tie. You could use one of these things to be a tourniquet. A so hoodie string. Yeah, they your shoestring. So they remind us what can be a tourniquet if you don't have a military tourniquet. But boy, those military tourniquets are impressive. And uh, so it's nice to have them. So I like I have one in my truck. I have one in my office if anything should happen in the office. And I think at Good Sam, there is a military tourniquet in every fire extinguisher or AED. Hmm. So if you go... If you go get the AED, you'll probably see a tourniquet right next to it and where it's being stored. So, or at a fire extinguisher, you could open it up and you might find a military tourniquet. So I know that they've tried to put these tourniquets throughout the wow. hospital, should there be an active shooter. So Jane, I'm just going to sit here and say, bravo. I've always been impressed by you describing this. The docs love it. The cops love it. The shooting range loves it. The CEO buys ammo. Everybody gets dramatically upgraded education about what to do with and about guns and gun trauma. Um, mm -hmm. I personally have told you over and over again, I'm going to say it now, I think this should be a nationwide program. I think it's something that would work anywhere, anywhere with any group of physicians. And I'm certain it's a bonding experience for the docs who participate on that day too, especially, especially the residents and everything. So Because we don't know the residents. And, right. and so it's like, oh my gosh, you know, they just, uh, you know, we get to introduce ourselves there, you know, we have uh, older, older physicians, and then we've got the young ones coming up. And it's like, we need to interact with these guys and maybe keep them and encourage them to stay around, you know, and not leave after their training. So, right. um, you know, cause we need doctors, you know, if anybody's rural, back, rural Indiana. Need a job, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, give me a call. We need docs. Okay. Well, let's send a couple of messages here. Okay. <laughs> so uh, we're here on the 50,000 watt blowtorch of the physicians on purpose podcast. If you're listening or you're watching us on YouTube and you'd like to contact Jane, Dr. Bridges about this program, have her teach it to you, maybe work with her to actually systemize it so we can make it something that associations and societies around the country can put into gear. Jane, what's some contact information for you? How do you want them to reach you? Well, um, my email is janebridges26 at gmail. How else? My, um, I'm afraid to give out my phone number. No, don't. Don't. So okay. it's J-A-N-E-B-R-I-D-G-E-S. 26, 26 at gmail.com. Gmail. Mm -hmm. Yep. And again, Jane's a, a diabetologist in Vincennes, Indiana, which is a rural part of the state of Indiana and um, small, small rural hospital district on the edge of Illinois. And well, yeah, we're on the, we're on the Wabash river, uh, yep. Illinois is across the river. Yep. 
So um, great place to live uh, if you want if you want a job. <laughs> call Jane yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe I can get some uh, money off the recruiter if I recruit physicians to come. But there yeah. you go. Doesn't sound like you need it, it though. <laughs> it, it, well, it's a great place to live, and, right. and I've earned a good living here, and and I enjoy uh, the patients here, and and uh, you know, but I practiced here 30 years. I mean, there's not many doctors that say that anymore because I kind of feel my doctors are migratory workers. You know, they're always wow. moving different, different jobs, but I've made it my home and, and I was always a city girl. So I came to come kind of a more of a rural community, but I enjoyed here. I think it's a good place to live, raise kids. Indiana is a very favorable state in regards to malpractice uh, laws. Uh, and uh, so, yeah. And I can vouch for the fact that the Indiana State Medical Association is very supportive of doctors too. One of the one of the sure. great associations in the in the lower forty eight. Right. And then the other thing I'll say is that Jane's also a member of our Burnout Proof MD community. So she and I and the folks in the community get to hang together for a couple of hours every single week. <laughs> and I'll put a link down below in, about Burnout Proof MD as well. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Jane, this is awesome. Congratulations. This is just a wonderful resource. And I hope that somebody takes us off on the offer of bringing it to their people, wherever it is they are listening here on the podcast or watching us on on YouTube. Yeah, I'm happy to help share my notes. It's a very systematic thing I do. It's easy to put together. It's not that big of an investment for your hospital if you're going to pay for it. Um, this service is, I want to say, free to anybody who shows. We the Doctors do not pay for this at all. It's all right. free. Use it as a way of, of social education, something to help us be better informed about what guns are all about and think about them maybe a little differently. Yep. Put a bond between the people who are to protect and serve and those of us who are light workers. No, it's all good, good, good. Win, win, win. Yeah. There you go. Jane Bridges, MD, diabetologist, Vincennes, Indiana. Jane, you're awesome. And that's been the latest edition of the Physicians on Purpose podcast. I'll see you next time. Until then, keep breathing and have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Dyke.